0: Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the AidCast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. We would like to start off our show by acknowledging the Yugamber people, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We would like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Excuse me, I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations with everyday people, professionals, and public figures who all have something to say. I'm your host, Sean Phillip Mailer, and you can join me every fortnight as we dig a little bit deeper into our shared human experience. You can join in on our conversations by heading over to the show's official pages and sending me a DM. You can share with me your own experiences, opinions, and feedback on the show over on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuse me underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook. If you search, excuse me, I have something to say, or through our official website, excusemeIHaveSomethingToSay.com. me, I have something to say.com. And don't forget that you can rate and leave a review of the show, which is going to help our conversations reach a wider audience. And remember to share, like, and subscribe so that you never have to miss a show.
2: Hello, you lovely lot. Welcome back to Excuse Me. This week, we have a great episode for you. But before we get stuck into that, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you for tuning into the show once again and giving up some of your precious time to hang out here with us. So on today's show we're actually going to be talking about something that affects approximately 15% of all people. Dyslexia. Dyslexia doesn't discriminate as it occurs in people of all genders and backgrounds. Dyslexia occurs within every language spoken on the planet and from every country and most people don't even know that they live with it. According to the latest statistics on dyslexia sourced from the reading well of people placed in special education for learning disabilities around 80% have dyslexia somewhere between 25 to 40% of children with dyslexia also have ADHD and conversely approximately 25% of children with ADHD also have dyslexia. So. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you all to a great friend of mine who is an advocate for spreading awareness and dismantling the stigma that surrounds dyslexia, Che Turner. Che is the founder of The Smart Dyslexic, where his goal is to help others with dyslexia gain a greater understanding of the challenge so that they can live productive and fulfilling lives. Che recently shared his own dyslexia story online with the British Dyslexia Association in an incredibly personal and touching article. Che is also working on a little something incredible that will potentially change the game for anyone who has dyslexia. Che, welcome to the show. How are you?
3: Sean, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate that introduction. It was lovely, very detailed. <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: My pleasure. This is why they don't pay me the big bucks.
3: (laughs) Excuse my little nervous um, beginning to your podcast here. But yeah, thank you very much for having me. And I really look forward to sharing my story. It's not unique, as you mentioned in the introduction. Um, There's a lot of people out there. And hence why I want to spread the message and share the love, really.
2: So Hmm. why don't we start? I guess, not at the very beginning, but um, how you learned and figured out that you had dyslexia, how you got diagnosed with it and um, how you lived with it.
3: It's a funny story, really. I think anyone of my generation, um, I was 40 before I found out I was dyslexic Um it eventuated when I decided to go back to uni um, to do my nursing degree, and then um, part part of that was, if you are dyslexic, you get extensions on exams, etc. So, it's quite a costly process um, to get diagnosed in Australia. It's about a thousand um, dollars because you need a clinical educational psychologists to do it. So, put up the, the the money. I always had a thought that that I may have been dyslexic um, but I never really knew so we went ahead and had the test and it was quite an amazing day to be honest with you Sean Um, just to have that sort of nice confirmation you know that years and years of knowing that something wasn't quite right to actually have it down on paper Um, yeah and it's from that sort of point that I decided to spread the word and tell people about it and its um, advantages and disadvantages really.
2: So when you got you got that diagnosis and then you were able to sort of i guess have that sense of relief how did that make you look back at like past experiences and go oh okay i could probably put that down to um you know undiagnosed dyslexia
3: it made everything crystal clear it was very very much you know the old analogy putting on a set of glasses for the first time but that's pretty much what it was like it was Look back at my childhood at school and all the time is when I thought I was stupid. I think that's the biggest thing that sort of creeps in when you're quite young, you know, because you can't keep up with your peers. Your whole cohort at school seems to be miles ahead of you and you're just wondering why I can't can't do that. So that sort of it was like putting on a set of glasses and everything that I happened in, in my life was um, became crystal clear. Yeah, it was great really really good experience and and I recommend to anyone that thinks they are go ahead and do the test if they can afford it
2: so when you were tiny Che at school and you felt like you were struggling with keeping up in class obviously you went to school you know you said you didn't get diagnosed until you were 40 Um, you're not a day over 39 in my book, but, um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) when
2: you were, you were going through school, which was, you know, a few years ago now, obviously times have changed, but what was it really like, I mean, they said you felt like you weren't really keeping up with everybody and you kind of, you were made to feel dumb, but how do you think like that has changed now with everybody You know, I think so I know so many people who are dyslexic. Um, and just in that, you know, opening about how many people how many children are put into special education schools because of dyslexia. Like, how do you think the times have changed from when you were at school to if you were a tiny chain now going through school?
3: I don't think I was ever a tiny, tiny chain. I might have been a little (laughs) little chubby boy. Um it's changed a lot. Obviously when I was young, um, it wasn't recognized. So it was pretty much when you get, it was before reading age. So up until reading age, I was hammering it, like smashing it out of the ballpark, doing extremely well. And then once literacy and numeracy were introduced, it um, put a bit of a curveball in there. And it was, it was just simply, I was actually put into a, um, a special, special classroom which had bean bags. And all we did all day, literally, um, was sit down and watch TV. And I was surrounded by some very unique individuals that probably had a little, um, effect on, on, on me and grow growing up. So at that point there, the whole, obviously, but when you say so young, you know, you take things personally. So I was put in this special class, um, With a load of special children that some of them couldn't even speak or communicate at all. So that had a massive effect on my self-esteem. But now going back to what you, what you mentioned before, Sean, is that it is out there and it's a great thing that it's been detected early. I think in the UK, it's probably a little more advanced than it is here. Um, there's probably still a little bit of work to do, I believe, at, at school. Um, but it definitely is getting detected earlier. And it does make a difference. And I know it would have changed my life if, if I was found out when I was sort of 10, 11. Um, and how I would have approached education and how I would have approached a lot of things in life. It would have had a different, I mean, a small story, complete tangent we went to a, um, we've got a, we've got a, um, we had a careers advisor, you know, you have careers advisors. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if they still have them. We change careers every day now. So I'm not sure if we still have them, but I remember now every going, day,
2: everybody's just a social media influencer anyway. That's all they want to be these days.
3: That's going to be um, the career for most kids. I think <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for. I can live my daytime job. Um, where was I, complete tangent? Oh, yes, careers advisor. Um, I was going in, into the careers advisor's office and he sat me down and he was saying, he said, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I can um, I can be a pilot or I can join the Air Force. I was really into planes when I, when I was young. And he reached over and he pulled out this leaflet and it was from the Tweed Shire Council and he put it down on the desk and he said, Che, I think that's probably the career you should choose. So I picked it up. And I looked at it, and this is no disrespect to refugee collectors, you know, because we we need them in this world. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was a garbage, Tweed City Council were recruiting for garbage collectors, and he said, I think this will be a really good career choice for you. Um, and it was such a shock. So going back to your question, yeah, the disparity between now and then is, yeah, completely black and white.
2: Did he give you any
3: sort of reason as to why that would be a good job for you or
2: did you just like here you go dude it
3: it was my grades just correlating my grades compared to sort of i think they've got like an iq chart they probably don't have this anymore but at school they probably had like an iq chart and job description so at the top if you got if your iq is quite hard you'd be a rocket scientist And then down the bottom the iq was um a refuge collector so right. i looked forward to a I life at the front of the truck. <laughs> I decided not to go down that road, um, but <laughs> it's quite, quite funny. I, I don't know where that that career officer is at the moment. Um, he's probably dead now. The poor, poor fella. Probably. Yeah, it was that long ago. He's gone out with the trash.
2: <laughs> um. So, when did you like? Obviously, when you found out that you were dyslexic. Um, and you know, you've had lived a life and you're still living a life and you've been able to go, okay, things fall into place. You're like, okay, I can put this to that. I can put this to that. Um, I guess as a homosexual, that's me, um, I had to come out. So I guess there would have been a level of coming out as a dyslexic person. And then that would impact, I guess they're not just the way you see yourself, but the way um, you know it might shake your confidence when applying for jobs or, or that sort of thing. Feeling like you're going to have to, you know, tell people you're dyslexic. Um, what was that like for you?
3: Yeah, sure. Not to take any anything. I mean, I think what what you did and coming out is is a lot harder than than, than than what I've done. You know, I think that that's you know, I, you know what 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 you've done with. You coming out, etc. Everyone's story is different, of course. Um, but for me, it was a gradual thing, which you probably couldn't do. You couldn't gradually come out as homosexual, could you? You couldn't say. <laughs> I oh. tried
2: to ease my parents in by going, I like guys and girls, and then just dropped the girls. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a, kind of kind of gradual.
3: It, it is gradual, <laughs> yeah. It's quite gradual. I like a bit of both, and then just uh, my my flavors sort of men. Um. <laughs> I had the privilege of coming out slowly. So I hid my dyslexia pretty much majority of my life. I went into a career as a chef primarily because I knew I didn't have to write a lot. But then that had its um, funny side because as a chef, you know, sometimes you need to write menus, etc. Like um, drizzled, like things I used to write down, like drizzled with lame juice, Satan Satan chicken instead of sade chicken. <laughs> Jalapeno poopers. These are things I actually put on the menu. You know, like instead of <laughs> sweet, sweet chocolate cake, like sweaty chocolate cake. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like a sweaty chocolate cake? Everyone loves a chocolate cake. I owned a couple of restaurants as well. And um, I put a sign that like, you know, shoplifters will be prostitute, prostituted That's instead of <laughs> prosecuted. And because I'm my own filter... These things went public, and then people used to walk into the restaurants and everything. They go, oh, "I'll have a um, sweaty chocolate cake, please." So that was quite, quite a funny story on on being dyslexic. I've, like, I've got a complete tangent again, mate. Apologies. What was the? <laughs> yeah. no, got, just thinking that's... of of yeah, drizzled with lime juice and um, prostituted. <laughs> Probably <Top-lifted. laughs> Um, we were talking
2: about coming out as dyslexic, but the next point was to touch on um, the different techniques for hiding it. So you kind of started um, sharing the story about, you know, writing menus. But what what other techniques and I guess um, ways of hiding your dyslexia
3: did you did you have? In the early days, it was quite difficult before technology. So in my exams at school, past a certain age, I got very good at cheating. In spelling tests, I used to write, because in those days you were told what spelling word you remember, I used to write them on my leg. And they're <laughs> like, <laughs> look at my leg. And they go, oh yeah, that's how you spell that. But that didn't last long. Obviously the teachers, the teachers found out. Different techniques were just don't write in public. Um, I didn't bring my glasses. I'll remember, I'm not gonna write that down. Oh god, I'm just trying. There's just thousands and thousands of things like birthday cards. You know, when they pass a birthday card around, mm-hmm. and you need to sign and write a little note in there. And generally, you're in an environment where you have to do it quickly. I was like, oh yeah, okay. And I'll just generally sometimes just sign my name and not write any message, but I really wanted to write a message because that person meant a lot to me. And that and that that sort of thing is quite. I think that's the biggest thing about trying to hide it is you you want to. I suppose it's like any anyone, you know. You, you really want to say what you want to say. The people that can't, that, that are dumb, that can't talk, dumb as in not, yeah, yeah. And um, having not having that ability to to write what you want to say, like a really good friend, not saying, you know, you've been the, the the best friend for me. I couldn't have gone through this without you. Um, instead of just writing your name, so you think, oh, and well, you know, that person's going to say, wow, I thought you meant a lot to me, and he only put his name down. So hiding it like that was um yeah challenging challenging to say the least really that's really sad
2: didn't really you know I guess I've never really
3: thought of it like that like I know like
2: I've received cards when I've left companies or places and there is sometimes you, you you look back at it and you do go oh they haven't signed their name you don't really think that there was a struggle and even just signing the name the the turmoil that you would have gone through just to you know write your name down in the card um it's kind of sad to think that you know you dyslexia was kind of maybe please correct me if i'm wrong but like a bit of a cage because you were silenced by by yourself by your own mind and your own fear of of looking you know unintelligent or not the same as everybody else Um, And I guess some of that would probably be deep seated and rooted into, you know, a history of school being the way it was and being put in that class with the beanbags. And rather than have somebody help you, you were watching movies and, you know, that sort of thing. Like, it's really if you look at the bigger picture of a life lived with something that people call a disadvantage then it's really really sad for a lot of people
3: yeah I think you really hit the nail on the head there Sean when you when you mentioned about being in a cage and the thing that sort of really resonates that that with me of trying to spread my message is that's the hardest thing is that you don't have a voice and the really difficult thing that was you know when i'm an adult um now it's okay we've got technology when i was growing up even to write my mum a birthday card and tell her how much i love her i couldn't do that in the card you know and i just used to sign my name and it used to rip me up you know thinking i mean obviously used to tell my mum knows i love her everything's fine but just not be able to write and your feelings down to someone that care that you care about um yeah it's it's a cage and it really affects a lot of your self-esteem and life generally really and and how you believe people perceive your intelligence but you grow out of it like everything in this world you know except for good looks (laughs) (laughs) um what
2: was so like obviously pros and cons with everything um what were some of your, your advantages of being a dyslexic person? Well, how has it kind of helped and aided you in your
1: planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.
3: Living with dyslexia has a lot of advantages and one of them is um, you think differently and, you know, you're you're a good friend of mine. I've known you for years. All of my friends that, that I know, they know I think differently. I, I, I am different, uh, you know? I think it makes you... I hate this saying, but it makes you think outside the box and also you look at things a lot differently. So square, triangle boxes, etc. cetera. Um, you're not so... Regimented, as in like A B C D, uh, and it's helped me a lot with my businesses. I've I've had business businesses throughout my life, and I the creativity side of things. A lot of um famous artists and musicians and actors. They a lot of them are dyslexic, proportionately more, and I think that's what it helps. Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, Anthony Hopkins, businessmen like Elon Musk, Thomas Edison, Winston Churchill, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett i mean the list can go on um about the advantages of that and when you look at the list of people that actually are dyslexic and that have changed the world and that's probably one of the biggest advantages um of being dyslexic really it's just a different thinking you just think differently um i I, you can't put a can't put your finger on exactly what it is but Something's different upstairs, and you just notice it when you um when you when you're new doing work and you work around problems differently.
2: You posted to your Instagram, um, "Smart Dyslexic" on Instagram. Uh, it is time we lost the stigma around dyslexia. It is not a disadvantage; it's merely a different way of thinking. Um, and that was a quote that you posted to your stories by Richard Branson.
3: Yes. Richard's a really good advocate. For, I say Richard like a best mates. Yeah, mates. mates. <laughs> yeah, Richard, you know. See you on Richard? Necker Island. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on his next space mission. <laughs> um, talking about Richard, very good story. So he's pretty much number one advocate for dyslexic thinking. So him and his um, charity in the UK, they've recently just added dyslexic thinking as a qualification on LinkedIn. So when you go for looking for a job on LinkedIn, um if you've been a if, if you've had a diagnosis, you can actually tick a box as a dyslexic thinking qualification on LinkedIn now. Which is a really big, big step, you know, for people with dyslexia. Anyone out there that's um that has and is willing, you know, is ready to come out. I think, you know, I actually ticked the box on dyslexia yeah, on LinkedIn and I had a few comments. So that's a really big step forward.
2: It is a really big step forward. That's really cool. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my concern with something like that, and it shouldn't, shouldn't be a concern, but with particular people in the world would be a concern was like, would people look at that ticked box and use it as a filtering system to not hire somebody. And and you know, adversely somebody might look at that as a filtering system to hire people, particularly somebody who, you know, maybe they run a business and they are dyslexic and they want to give people with dyslexic thinking more of an opportunity. But I guess there's always that, you know, shitty Absolutely. side of the balance.
3: Yeah, I I without a doubt. And that's the same with any change though, isn't it mate? You know, when we have any change in society, there's always going to be the older thinking sort of demographic and way of thinking people and that they are gonna discriminate whether it's against, you know, the quite recently, we have never had doctors in wheelchairs, mm-hmm. but now new graduate at UQ um, is the first doctor in the world in a wheelchair. So, and before that, that, that was never possible. So I think they're there always gonna be that discrimination um, and I certainly don't want to work for someone that doesn't um doesn't embrace it mm-hmm. now i my last job i I mentioned it in the first interview, and they were like, "Yep, yeah, fine, didn't even blink an eyelid you know say, yeah, yes, that's fine what what do you need you know so. see
2: thats that's the kind of employer that you want to work for um also and a best employer to work for is yourself, and I think if you stick at your guns with this, I think you'll definitely be, um, you know, you have the ability and the charisma to definitely help dismantle the stigma attached to dyslexia. Now you are starting to do that on this journey that you're sharing. And I believe there is uh, some sort of book in the works.
3: There is, mate. Yeah. So I just, full 360 the reason have you heard of a comedian called jimmy carr english comedian oh yeah know him well know him well so he really he just released his autobiography oh about four months ago um and he come out in the book as being dyslexic and he talked about when he went to school in uni that he couldn't even read the, the people who did the examination couldn't read his papers couldn't read his writing, and even when he does his TV shows now, he can't read or write. So when he does the audio cue, they um they have to space it out with little dots between each each word so he can break it up and see it. And I was like, wow, I've never would never imagine that because he's really articulate and mm. quick witted on TV. You know what I mean? You'd never think that. So it was his sort of autobiography that made me come out. Start smart dyslexic, and it's the books about um sharing people's stories that are dyslexic that have been successful so not not your famous people you know Tom Cruise, Spielberg, et etc Bill Gates these are people that have lived really successful lives but aren't, aren't world famous and it's about sharing their stories and my story yeah. on you don't have to be world famous if you are dyslexic you can still have an amazing career with the use of technologies and just, just to showcase in and giving people encouragement that are dyslexic. There will be an audio book as well. Um, and hopefully we the book will be out in, these things never go to plan, but probably around
2: March, I'm hoping. Just do that, the uh, old business trick of it. It'll come out in the first quarter of 2023.
3: Yes. Q for, it'll, it'll come Q out of. in the summer of. <laughs> I love that, the summer of. <laughs> it, um, it's quite Quite relevant to what hemisphere that you're on <laughs> exactly. so it doesn't really matter it's going to come out whenever you will you you figure it out something will be released
2: um it's see that's one of the things i liked when um i was because i read your article that was published um in the uk and i really like the mention of of the book and the fact that it is sharing people's stories because it's one of the reasons why i started the podcast is to talk to people who were mostly everyday people who have a story to tell or have had an experience and um, wanted a platform to share it. And so it's really nice when I get to talk to somebody else who has that same, I guess, joy in helping people share their stories without, you know, being a billionaire world leader or or whatever, without having that huge platform. Um, I think anybody who's willing to to help other people have a platform. I think that's amazing. So congratulations to you. Well done, sir. Um,
3: Well, congratulations to you, really. I I was quite honoured when you asked, because I know what your podcast is about. Um, I know why you do what you do. And it is to spread the word and it is to enable everyone to realise that Whatever, whatever challenges we're facing in life, that we're not alone. That we've all got the same, you know, we've all got the same stuff. So I just, yeah, I'd like to thank you, Sean, really, just for your. I know how much work goes into making a podcast, and I know how much time and dedication you put into this. So from everyone you've interviewed, thank you so much for <laughs> helping helping us spread our little word. Oh, um, it's a lot. Yeah, fest. yeah, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a great thing that you do, mate. I, from my heart, I genuinely think sharing people's stories is how we all evolve in life. You know, it's, 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 it's how we all become better people.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, empathy plays a big part in, in that when you hear somebody's story and you can connect with it, whether it be, you know, we've had people on the show talking about addiction coming out, we've got you talking about dyslexia. Like if that message reaches one person and it has a positive change, well then that's, you know, that's wonderful. Um Back to your book, though, because this is not a show about my show. This is a show about you. So um, the book is dropping sometime in summer, winter or fall. Yeah, sometime. 3 of 2023, maybe 2024. No, the book will be out really, really soon. Um, On Amazon
3: and on um, Audible as well. Hence Audible because of dyslexic also affects reading. So, Yeah,
2: well, I mean, Audible and, you know, podcasts and all of these things are great. Ways for people who, you know, have a fear of reading or a struggle of reading to to still, I guess, get the same content as to somebody who reads, you know, fifty books a day and doesn't care.
3: Absolutely sure. I think Audible for me, for someone, I I didn't discover it until audiobooks quite late in life, but now I'm, I'm 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 a nutcase on it on on Audible. Every I'll probably go for a book a week now. And it's just lovely to hear stories and experience things I would have probably never done before if I had to read them, you know, like really amazing novels and journeys that, journeys that books can take you on. Um, yeah. It's great to have that Audible experience. Absolutely. And one, one, one more plug for Audible.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's ready for his sponsorship now. <laughs> um the, you've got the book. The website is not live yet or is it gone no, live?
3: No, it's just on Instagram at the moment. So Instagram and Facebook, Smart Dyslexic. We um, hope you look and release the book in the summer. And then after that, we've got sort of a product that I've been working on for a number of years, <laughs> but the technology hasn't been there. So currently we have some engineers working on on that. It's a device to help dyslexic people in their day-to-day life and it's... Getting back to what we talked about, Sean, about sharing, about not being in the cage, and it's sort of mm-hmm. a device to get people out of that cage. In the situations in life when they don't have a PC in front of you with spell checker. spell checker doesn't doesn't work for dyslexics anyway. It's a different <laughs> story because <laughs> you don't know what the word means anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, it's a device that's going to be out. Uh, prototypes just being finished now, um, and then we're going to work on testing it. So hopefully around sort of three or four months after the books are mid next year we hope to go into production and release that so i won't give too much away at the moment but it's a technical device that's definitely going to help people out of their cage and with I, I fingers crossed it'll
2: be released in time for christmas
3: next year yes yes, yes.
2: not this year that's like three weeks no, away
3: i can't make a cake before christmas <laughs> this, this year <laughs> nothing happens now it, isn't it funny that everyone sort of puts everything off from about now until after christmas yeah you know like oh, i'll do it after christmas i'll do it after christmas but yeah it's that sort of des- december of diverting, <laughs> um, diverting december. Divert in anyway. december diverting
2: december say what i guess no before i get to advice what are your goals you like your overall three three top goals um that you would like to see happen with the release of the website the book and the uh device
3: first goal it would be to spread the word um and just help other people in in this space spread spread the word second goal would be just to influence that one person as you said sean you know if i can get that young teenage boy that listen to the audiobook or or the young girl to listen to it and go wow mum i don't need to you know I'm not restricted by dyslexia. It's it's going to be an advantage in my life. That's the second one, and the third would be probably a selfish one, really, mate. Um, as far as my own grat- gratification, that 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 I've actually done something, that I've made a difference in the world. I think that's probably the the, the biggest thing. That's that obviously what drives you as well, Sean, You know, because this is why you do what you do, and this is why I do what what I do. You know, to so bring bring awareness and to certain topics certain lifestyles people people choose and it's um yeah just to make the world a better happy lovelier place that's about it
2: that's what we all want um that's it what (laughs) advice would you give to little che now looking back
3: i'd give him a hug mate that's for sure
2: oh that's cute you're gonna make me cry
3: I would give him a big, a big hug, mate, and say it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, that's about it, mate. I, I, I'd like to go on a novel, but it's not. It's just, it's just to g- g- give little Che a big hug and say this is this is a good thing that you're going through. It's going to make you the person that you are, and um, probably embrace it a bit more than what I did. <laughs> as far as come out, maybe a little, little, little bit earlier, but yeah. um, that 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 would be the only thing. Just just to give love to the little boy that was me. Oh,
2: little yeah. And really? what advice would you give to anybody who's struggling at the minute with, um, you know, learning that they have dyslexia or struggling silently, not knowing what's wrong with them?
3: I wouldn't. Give them a hug because they're a stranger. So, <laughs> little it's not good to hug little strangers.
2: Um, consent, it's always need consent. Yes.
3: Forty-four-year-old well, chubby man going up hu- hugging children is not a thing anymore. No, you can't um, do that. Advice would be: it's your own story, man. Like, take it, whatever step you can. My journey, me, me, letting people know about it it's something that was very good for me. And if you feel you're not ready, don't, you know, don't, if you, if you think it's going to be a disadvantage, don't come out. I think you need to make peace with it yourself. Make, make peace with the fact that you, you, that you, you, it's always, it's not something that goes away and you can't, you can't learn how to spell, unfortunately. I mean, my mum, I couldn't ask for for, for a better mum, you know, I don't know how to spell her name and I've written it down thousands of times it's crazy the words just don't you know um yeah people i've lived with they said what do you mean you don't know to by my name so would be to come out at your own at your own time when you're ready use technologies really embrace really embrace things like grammarly is amazing uh, dragon naturally speaking is a voice voice to text um embrace technologies and come out whenever you're ready and also get tested um the universities do just on a side note if anyone is listening that is d- dyslexic you can go to your local university um the psychologist students can can do a test and it's a lot cheaper i think it's in australia it's 200 dollars or something but that's generally a six-month wait so but take it at your own time and if you want to come out do so but it's been good for me Yeah, really good Wild and now change. I'm on your
2: show. You're on the show. I'm on the show. And... <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I think, um, you know, it's it's important for us to talk about topics that I think dyslexia is one of those things that it's a word that we hear all the time and it's not necessarily something that people nowadays really think about the struggles that that people have with it you just kind of I know you know from my point of view I went to school with countless number of kids who um, were acknowledged the fact that they were dyslexic and it's just one of those things that is just something that is possible and you just assume that everything is just as it is um, somebody without dyslexia so you don't really think about the turmoils and the struggles that people might be going through internally. So I think any time we can have those conversations, it's incredibly important. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, and I look forward to the book. I look forward to going onto the website when that launches. And I can't wait to uh, have have a go with your little device that it will be coming Yes, looks I great. will
3: definitely send in you a... Um a little sample device for your um, channel as well to to have a look at when that comes out. Um, I'd like to thank you for your time, Sean. I really appreciate it to help me spread my little story. I think, as I said before, ingratiating you, but you put a lot of time into this and work that you do. And I thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And um, I look forward to what's happening next with you and with me as well.
2: Yes, lots of lots of exciting stuff is happening uh, for the both of us. So that is all for this week's episode of Excuse Me. If you want to stay up to date with what Che is up to when his website launches, it will be www.smartdyslexic.com. You can currently follow him on Instagram at smartdyslexic. Uh, che, thank you again, listeners viewers, wherever you're getting this from, thank you for your time. Uh, We love all of you and we'll see you next time.
3: Love all of you. Thank you very much, Sean.